Welcome to the Smith and Rowland Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We're coming to you high atop the Smith and Rowland Studios. And we are looking across the horizon as we see demonic clouds rising. We want to report on it. And the one who has all of the information is Alan Smith. We send you to our roving reporter, Alan Smith. (laughs) Well, listen, it is some demonic storms out here for sure, Jeff. And I'm finding that leaders, Christians, there's so much going on, Jeff, that you almost just want to get a rain check and say, I'll be back next week. I can't handle anymore. Listen, when the founder of Babylon B sells out his stock because he's in burnout, that's what he said now. He said he was just burnt out. Yeah. So he was burnt out with satire. In other words, there's so much happening in the world that his satire burned him out. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's a man who's laughing at problems, you know, trying to help people yeah. laugh. And what he's saying is, I think he ran he ran out of laughs. Yeah, he ran out of the ability it, to even make a joke out of it. He's making sure. a joke out of it. Because it's just about some of the stuff's just not funny anymore. No, it's got to the point that you can't. And, you know, framing this up, Alan, there is so much going on that's, I think, being missed. I don't know. To me, it looks as though, at least appears this way. I'm just saying the way it appears to me, is that there's a lot of people circling the wagons trying to volley for position because they feel as though, apparently they feel as though, positions are up for grabs. And it's because of the attack that's being levied against positions of authority in the church. And there's some positions of authority. You know, people always have the wrong idea about this stuff. They don't think deep enough about the situation. A position of authority is more than just, I'm a pastor of a church, or I'm a this, or I'm a that. Positions of authority are ordained by God and filled by men who are called by God to walk in that place. And it seems to be that those are the positions of authority that's coming under attack. And I'm a little bit concerned about some of the uh, ideas and opinions that I hear floating around from people, and especially concerned over the misuse of Scripture and the mishandling of Scripture being applied to these situations. I'm very concerned about that. Well, and that's, run into that's that coming here. from a lot of people, yeah. Well, there's other podcasts out there that you and I have kept up with a little bit from time to time. We've heard one here in this last few days. I'm not going to call their names. I just don't want to get into it. But they're talking about the Mike Bickle situation. Yeah. And, of course, the claims are there non, you know, they're bipartisan, so to speak, or they, they're not hooked with anyone group. And in that situation at Kansas City, you got, of course, you got the world against Mike Bickle at this point. So there's basically two sides formed, whether you want it to or not. It's those for Mike, those against Mike. Well, there's really three sides. The other one is where you and I come from a little more is we try to be on a biblical side. Yeah, what's the word? But we view it that it's all about restoration to everybody involved. Yeah, it has nothing to do with it. No, it has nothing to do with Bickle. But you and I are under the, I mean, everybody that I'm seeing in these other podcasts, they're about exposing the sin of everybody. You and I have always approached it different. And if Jesus covers our sin, we feel like he's our model and that he covers us and Jesus calls out sin and he calls us out in our heart. 
to repentance, but that's between me and the Lord. That's not necessarily between me and the world. But now we find the personal relationship with Christ, the sanctity of that, if you will, or the holiness of that personal relationship, and when the Holy Spirit convicts us all of sin. So we're more of the standpoint of covering each other's sin. That doesn't mean you cover it up. It doesn't mean that you're not challenged with your sin. You and I have challenged each other probably stronger than anybody on the planet. So we definitely believe in challenging our thinking or sin or and whatever, but and being accountable to somebody, to each other and others. Yeah. And, and but and, you know, and what, there, Alan, the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. That's uh-huh. scripture. And, that's the book. And that's, that's, where, book. that's where it would come from. It doesn't say that you go right now. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that Mike Bickle has people in his life that he's accountable to. There's just no yeah. doubt in my mind. And Rick Joyner probably being one of them. And yeah. in these, this particular podcast, there was two people in it that I think were basically dogged pretty good, if you will, even though they claimed they weren't. And one was Mike Bickle, which was the topic of the discussion. And the other one was Rick Joyner. And so Rick Joyner gave his a, what he thought was his opinion. Then, as far as I'm concerned, Rick Joyner was taken to such a task that one of the guys even said he just didn't agree with anything that Rick said. It was just completely despicable and disrespectful. I yeah, thought. and then he, scripture was used completely out completely of context. Completely out of context. <laughs> to, I mean, to, just completely out of context. Yeah, and I'm not saying Rick is right or wrong in all honesty between me and you. Just in my experience with Rick, I'd rather go with Rick. Rick said it feels it didn't feel right, and then he was taken to task even for saying that. But I'd rather go with Rick's feelings as a lot of other people's statements. <laughs> I would too. I, and furthermore, I said this to you, and I'll, I'll, I don't think I've said this on a podcast we've done, but I, I'll say it now. I have yet to see anything in the process surrounding Mike Bickle. I've yet to see anything in that process that is reflective of the spirit of Jesus Christ. I've yet to see it. I'm not seeing it yet. I'm not saying well, I mean, that we won't. That's a pretty big but, statement. I think you're not referring necessarily to some of the individuals that they're not trying to do what's not, right. Not, no, I'm saying you're the not process saying that. that's unfolding. Yeah. I'm saying exactly. the process in which they are trying to walk out is not reflective of the Spirit of Christ. And, and, Though and, I will say, I believe the hearts of those that are in leadership there at the church, I'm not judging their heart. I think their hearts are probably pure. I hope it is. I pray that it is. I pray there's not something even more hideous going on than what is uh, before us very much could be. But I am saying that the process they're following is not reflective of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Well, another term that was used that was rather damning, if you will, to the idea of Mike being innocent is that they used statistics of 92% in this one counseling guru group or something there that they were citing said that they pitched it as such. This was the, a consensus of the counseling world or even lawyers he said that 92% of allegations such as this are always true. So once you say 92%, allegations are true. See, my problem is you cannot use statistics when you're dealing with an individual. So you can't go in talking with an individual and saying, well, it's 92% chance you're guilty. 
You see, yeah, and that's statistics what statistics do not work with truth is what I'm saying. Not statistics at all. Statistics is what you use in modern psychology. Statistics yeah. is what the world uses. The church should not use. I'll be honest with you. I think the Barna reports is the worst thing that ever happened to the churches. Not that I got something against Barna. I'm just saying statistics. Listen, when God called forth an army and you had a thousand, he said, tremor down. We're going against a hundred thousand. So tremor, yeah. tremor down to about three or four hundred. Now, right. statistically... There's no way that army can win. That's right. So when you're dealing, Jeff, in the spiritual world, statistics are off limits. That's exactly because, right. Because they give the wrong idea. So if you go into a conversation with Bickle, 92% of all accusations that are made are accurate. If, yeah, that is, if that is what you're using as your platform, to me, they were pitching it as a platform understanding that mm -hmm. if that's on your platform, you just well go ahead and put a guilty sign on the man and go home. And not only why, that, Alan, why even have an investigation? I totally agree. And why <laughs> appoint what at least appears to be a worldly, secular group of lawyers to navigate through a spiritual minefield. Uh -huh. That part does not make any sense at all. But what's happening here, This here's the danger that I believe that's taking place. The danger is precedents are being set in place on how to handle something like this. Now, pray tell that a lot of these allegations were anonymous. Pray tell that the satanic temples around the country decides to make anonymous allegations directed toward every pastor in America, following the same process and precedent that is set with Mike Bickle, that means that every pastor in America is going to have to be silenced, can't post nothing, can't talk until we call a team of lawyers in and navigate this minefield. That seems like, uh, you know, overblown, but it's not overblown because what's happening is, is this process is invading the thinking of even some well-meaning Christians, this is going to be the process that's set going forward on handling things like this. I think it's a dangerous precedent. I think it's the wrong process. And I think that we should, we need to say something about it. There's articles being written now, one that we found this morning on the Roy Report, and it's an opinion article, and it's entitled The Unholy Cycle of Abusive Pastors, Cardboard Thin Contrition. Contrition. You know, they're basically, this is an article that I know was probably inspired by the situation with Mike Bickle. And in yeah. this article, it calls some names of preachers and leaders that have failed, dating back to Jim Baker and Jimmy Swagger. These names, it's not hidden by any stretch of the imagination. Mark Driscoll, Perry Noble, Matt Chandler, Johnny Hunt, Carl Lentz, all of these are listed in this article and called abusive pastors. The headings in the article is basically dealing with the framework of what we're seeing unfold in this Mike Bickle situation. For example, one of the headings is this, forgiveness versus responsibility. Now, the way this writer frames this thought is this way, and let me read the whole thing, and then it gives us a little bit of an idea of where the hearts and the minds are concerning these issues. Who Forgiveness, is the author of this uh, uh, article? Stuart oh, Deloney sorry. is the author. There he goes. And here's what he writes about under the heading of forgiveness versus responsibility. He says, 
But who are we to judge, they say? Ah, yes, the age-old excuse of wrapping hypocrisy in the cloak of Scripture. This is not about judgment. It's about accountability and the welfare of a community. If Jesus was flipping tables for lesser crimes, he says, why are we laying down the red carpet for these men? He's talking about these men that are fallen. Those carefully crafted PR admissions aren't contrition. They're crisis management. He says, let's be real. Claiming you're renewed by Christ after your abusive actions have been exposed is like declaring bankruptcy and expecting to keep your mansion and yacht. It's a spiritual get-out-of-jail-free card that mocks the very essence of faith built on love and humility. Now, quite yeah, frankly, see, Alan, I mean, yeah, let, I after you finish, with, let me approach that. Yeah, Go ahead. I disagree with everything this dude writes about that. He's so far out in left field, he might as well be saying this. Let's use the world's standards instead of the Scripture. He minimizes Scripture. He elevates hypocrisy. And on the standard of hypocrisy that's being used, every living, breathing Christian is a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. And so that being said, there is absolutely no value that this guy places on confession of sin and forgiveness. That's what's being missed in the Bickle thing. Well, let me say this too, Jeff. You and I have never said that forgiveness or restoring someone we've both have said doesn't change consequence. In other words, if you, if a guy repents and you restore him, then the people vote by if they're there or not. That's right. I mean, if, if you have people in agreement and they are convinced that it's been true repentance and then restoration, then the people can be there or not. And so it, and the consequences of what happened, whether that person's fault or not, the consequence doesn't change any because people, just because you restore a guy, even like Bickle, that doesn't mean anybody's going to show up, <laughs> you know, because there's always a consequence, whether it's true or not. And I can also say this about Bickle or the, here's part of the problem. If you talk about Bickle, automatically you're comparing him to other people that have had failures. And so therefore, guilty or not, he's already been compared with a group that has had failures. Now, here's my problem. When you're comparing, in other words, it's guilt by association. In yeah. other words, if they can associate your name with somebody else's name, then that's you're saying this guy's like this other guy. Now, that yeah. is just witchcraft, Jeff. I'll just call it what it is. Well, it, sure. It's, it's witchcraft. So that's where we're saying that in Christianity, I would have faith in people, the men that I know, and then I'll include Rick Joyner. I know Rick. The men that I know will not cut Mike Bickle any slack. Matter of fact, no. Rick Joyner, probably one of his best friends, would be Mike Bickle's worst nightmare. That's right. So people are saying that now what Rick called out in his rant. What he called out was he made a comparison with Absalom's spirit. He was saying that what he heard, the way the first thing that came to him was it was the wrong spirit in which some of these things were given. Without a doubt, now, I agree with and that. So that's what Rick was saying. Well, he didn't say anything about what was said. What he was saying, those that are delivering the mail, he just was detecting the wrong spirit. Well, then he was taken to task to being too charismatic or touchy-feely or something. Now, listen. 
Rick Joyner is not a touchy-feely guy. He is so the opposite of that. He is and not I don't a touchy-feely guy. Well do, but he's not yeah, a touchy-feely guy. I, I know Rick. I know him pretty good. I have high regard for him. But the main reason I have high regard for him is he'll tell you exactly what he thinks. You will doesn't never have any, to wonder what the man's thinking. You'll never have exactly. to wonder what the man's thinking. He doesn't hedge. He doesn't play a game. And so so if Rick comes there and gives his opinion on what he's observing, you need to allow Rick's opinion and observation to stand alone. And that's the reason I'm saying you can't compare Rick, using him as an example, to other prophetic people. No, Rick is his own person. And yep. to then, but to take Mike Bickle and compare him to other, what we would call fallen guys in ministry is to make him guilty already. Rick didn't even approach that. In my remembrance, he maybe said a little something about if Mike was guilty or not. But his main thing was, what I took away from Rick was, there's something about this ain't right. That's what and I And I agree with him. I agree with I think there's yeah. several things about it that ain't right. And I also, I do believe, I'm just going to say, I'll say it this way. Before it's over, unless God intervenes and there is a turn, you're going to see that Absalom spirit manifested. You're going to see it. You're going to see it happen. And at that point... It'll probably be called something else by those that have attacked Rick Joyner. But Rick Joyner doesn't cut back, and neither do we, on somebody's no. responsibility. No, no, but no. that does not, neither does that minimize forgiveness and the transformation yeah. of a life. At some point, someone needs to say out loud that this gift of salvation is a process in action. Yeah, it's a yeah, process exactly. in action. I'm not finished yet, and neither are it, neither is anybody else. We're well, Rick process. even cited he even cited Todd Bentley. You know, yes. a lot of people. I mean, he was crucified for taking on Todd Bentley, and of course, Rick didn't want to take on Todd Bentley. That was not his. Rick has never said. Matter of fact, he said the opposite. Rick said, well, I'm not the one to restore somebody. And, of course, what Rick means by that is you don't stutter with Rick. He'll yeah. just flat tell you, like, Todd Bentley's worst nightmare was Rick Joyner. Well, sure. You know, <laughs> so, Rick made mention Jim Baker. And Jim Baker says that, you know, Rick is what restored him. Rick pointed out that it was more Billy Graham, Franklin Graham, yeah, and the did, Graham yeah. family that restored Jim Baker. And quite honestly, I'm getting so sick and tired of people throwing stones at Jim Baker. You know, if we're going to preach this gospel of the grace of God and we're going to say Jesus paid for our sin at Calvary, then when do we then stop making other people pay as it is appropriate in our own eyes? We can't pay for a single sin. And this idea of the, especially this writer, this article is bringing out this idea that because someone failed or maybe they didn't, but because someone failed does not disqualify them from serving God and working for God in the calling that God has given them. This sin did not take God by surprise. It did not surprise God when Jim Baker failed. It didn't surprise God when Jimmy Swagger failed. It didn't take God by surprise. The Lord knew this. Jesus paid for it at Calvary. Now, that may seem short-sighted to some. I'm sorry. You'll have to take it up with the Bible. That's the Word of God. That's that just is- way. Jeff, I'll, let me tell you something else here. This is just for thought, okay? Just for thought. And I've said this, and a lot of people don't agree with me, and I'm sure they won't even when I say it now. But there is a different set of demons, if you will, or demonic oppression or whatever you want to call it. There's a different set that comes against a pastor's wife or a leader's yes. wife. Yes. Totally sir. different. Yes. Sir. Not even most people don't even 
the only one that knows it's there is the pastor's wife yep. or the leader's wife or what, and nobody understands them. Everybody yep. tries to deal with it on conventional manners. And I'm just telling you, these are not the same boogers. No, this it's a, a different it's, set. It's a different assignment. It's a specific it's a different, assignment. It's a specific assignment. And you cannot deal with it the same way. Now, that's what I'm talking about with a Mike Bickle or whoever. There's, I promise you there's a different assignment of different dark entities that come against the pastor's wife. And I'm saying the pastor don't even understand it. That's right. But he needs to, and he can. The leader don't even understand it. The one who usually yeah. understands it the least is the husband. Yeah. But let, let me say this. You take Mike Bickle and some of these guys, there's a different assignment, a different set of demonic stuff that comes against them. You can say, well, no, it's just common demand. They just fell to the regular common stuff. Well, you put your little hind in in their place. That's right. Yeah. And see, I shouldn't have said that, but it's true. And see how, how long you'll last. You That's see what exactly I'm saying? Right. One of those guys made the statement, well, Mike Bickle is sure not the person we thought he was. Why? Yeah. yeah, some, some, yeah his daddy yeah. needs to jack him up. Listen, without a doubt. You don't know what you'll do. When no. you're in places of no. leadership, there's different stuff comes against you that yeah. another man out here, it might not come against. Now, there's right. common there's common sin, but yeah. there's also uncommon stuff. There's stuff that comes against pastor's wife and leader's wife that nobody under, most basically nobody understands. And they're different forms of darkness that yeah. comes against them. I'm just telling you, this forms of darkness that comes against leaders, leaders' wives. I'm just saying, you just keep dividing it up. These different imps of darkness, that come, you can't cover it with one blanket statement. No, you can't. It's more complicated, not too complicated, but it's more complicated than that. And yeah. since you realize what I just said, it causes you not to be so quick on having all the answers. Yeah, that's right. That's you realize, right. hey, I'm dealing with something here I don't guess I've ever dealt with. I mean, I, I've had leaders, and Jeff, you know that, from all over the country, and all spectrums of the body of Christ has called me in times of that they've been, and I, here's a word I like to use. I say I like to use that to me is more fitting, is they've been compromised. And yeah. so the enemy's got a way in. They've been compromised. And if then you and I, Jeff, which we talked about this extensively over real issues, we believe when a person's been compromised. Well, I guess first thing to say is, Jeff, what comes to your mind when if we say that you've got a FBI agent or something and they've been compromised, what does that mean? Can I just speak to that from yeah. a little bit of a personal standpoint? Yeah. I know what it's like to pastor a church. I know what it's like to wrestle with those specific assignments that comes against a pastor and his wife. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to be defeated by those assignments, and I know what it's like to get victory over it. I know what it's like to go through the process of restoration. I know what it's like to feel the weight and the consequence and the responsibility of behavior and action. I know what it's like to step into that role of displeasing the Father. I know what it's like to be fearful, and I know what it's like to be joyful in the midst of all of that. Alan, you have walked, I don't know how many, countless people, leaders, mm -hmm. through this state of compromise. Right. But the one thing you never violated was the call on that person's life. That's right. No, it scares me. And that's my point right there. If a spirit of fear is released, the process will be corrupted. And to me, that's what it feels like when you bring up an FBI agent. Mm -hmm. There is a corrupted 
spirit of fear that gets released when the process is not geared toward the complete transformation of every individual to include the accusers. That's the point that I'm trying to make. The accusers don't need to be left out. Mm -hmm. But can I tell you, you'll find out very quickly who these accusers are if they refuse to be restored. If they refuse to be restored, then it's very possible they have no place to be restored to. Yeah. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. And let me let me throw this in for also when the FBI agent or we can say that they've been compromised or if you say our front line has been compromised, yeah. that gives a, a, an idea of, of being in battle. What the word compromise means that you've made a deal with the devil as an example. And I, let me show you how yeah. it works. Sin is making a compromise. You have been compromised. Sin yeah. is the act of compromise. Yes. In other words, because to compromise means, let's say that I say, hey, Jeff, let's meet each other. Uh, if we stop at the boxcar on Interstate 40, I've got to drive five miles and you got to drive five miles. So we'll both compromise driving 10 miles to each other's house. Right. And we both make a compromise to meet halfway. So a compromise means there's people out there today. I'm going to use Mike Bickle as an example. I think he's, I mean, who knows if anybody's in, innocent or guilty in this situation, but let's say that Mike Bickle's been compromised. In other words, he's yielded. He's compromised yeah. uh, his behavior with the devil. The only thing I can tell you is the Christian will compromise their behavior if they slander Mike Bickle. That's right. See, see what I'm saying? Compromise begets compromise. It absolutely always does. And so what I'm trying to point out here is that... Like Rick Joyner, for instance, these guys that we listen to on this podcast, they were guilty of doing to Rick what they said Rick was doing. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What everybody needs to understand, we got to say spiritual on this thing. That's what you and I are saying. This is a spiritual problem. We're not going to deal with this earthly psychology with earthly he's got to pay his dues we're not going to deal with this spiritual problem i'm saying it's possible that mike bickle has been compromised i'm yes. that's what i'm saying if that's the case that means he has essentially he maybe didn't go as far as people think but you can compromise yourself and go half as far you know what I'm saying? Either, either way, that's a compromise. Okay, you might not be guilty of what you think mike bickle did but you're still in compromise when you talk about your brother, and you shouldn't be. That's right. In other words, you're what Christians need to, and, and just like with you and I, anytime you water down the gospel or anytime you sin, you have been compromised. You know what I'm saying? I you're absolutely a, agree you're, with that. Can I just take it one little yes, step further? Yes, sir. Ray, please. And please. I want to be careful here. I want to be really careful. But when you use terms befitting of a Pharisee, be careful that you are not being a Pharisee. And we I've heard that on a podcast where they were likening Mike Bickle to a Pharisee whom Jesus called out as a hypocrite. Okay, by your stand against Mike Bickle, you are becoming a Pharisee. And so when you use these terms, you have to be extremely careful because if you make a judgment, that judgment will come back on you. And it was ironic to me in this very podcast where they were, you mentioned that they were guilty of doing to Rick what they were accusing Rick of. Mm -hmm. It's very mm -hmm. possible that they are setting themselves up 
as the hypocrite that they're trying to make Mike Bickle out well, of as well. Well, yeah. Well, that's scriptural. And yeah. Also, Jeff, you know, to me, a huge flaw, and, and I understand it's easy to do, but is to use a 92% guilt rate is on your foundational plank of understanding. 90, and as the statement was, 92% of all accusations have been proven to be true. Yeah. So that means that 92%. But the only thing I can say to you is Jesus was hung on the cross for those 92% accusations. Absolutely. Now, we say we compare Mike Bickle to Jesus. Well, Jesus covers Mike, covers me. I'm just saying you cannot use 92% statistics. Put it to you this way, Jelly. I've said it, and you've heard me say it a hundred times, and people get tired of hearing me say it. The accumulation of information accumulation of information, accumulation, I'll go a step further, the accumulation of evidence yes. does not equal a spiritual truth. No, it absolutely does not. That's a natural the, method the, and a natural means a, of arriving. Accumulation of evidence yes. does not equal a that's spiritual right. truth. That's exactly and, right. And the only reason I say this is because, and this is honest truth, and I'm not covering for people's sin because I have lived a life that had to talk with individuals and just hit these things head on. But I always would do it with the hope of restoration in mind. Yeah. And I promise you what people confess if you're in those situations is not even not what you thought it. it yeah, it, that's it, right. It, it, it's that's amazing. Exactly right. So, so it's not about that. But it is about restoring such a one. And there again, then you get into the topic, well, you mean partial restoration? Or you, do you mean full restoration? Mm-hmm. And that's where people have a problem. They'll say, okay, yeah, I think Mike Bickle can preach, but he can't compre- he couldn't preach at IHOP. Or he couldn't preach yeah. in a big pulpit. He could preach 100 people or less. Let me, I'm not a prophet or a son of a prophet, but I am a son of a farmer. Yes. And, I'll say, and I'll tell you this. A year from now, two years from now, we'll know because God is the one who places people where it pleases him. That's right. And you just watch Mike a year or two years from now. And let's yeah. see where Mike is. Let's see where God That's puts right. Mike. Because yeah. you see, I'm I'm reminded of the pastor there at Hillsong, Jeff. What yeah. was his name? Brian uh, Houston. Brian Houston there at Hillsong. He was accused of covering up his father's sin. Yeah. That's what he was accused. He's accused of covering up his father's sin, not his sin, but his father's sin is what he's accused of. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so he was taken to court. The church had him resign. That accusation was bringing reproach, he said, against the church. So Mike, so Brian Houston resigned. This thing went on for over a little over two years, Jeff, in and out of court and everything else. And at the end of the day, the court said he was not guilty. Yeah. The problem is, He'd already lost his church, lost his reputation. Lost That's, his there you go. Right he, done, he, he was destroyed. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think the enemy, he was just after destroying Brian Houston? Yeah, that's all. And that's you can right. say the church is bigger than Brian Houston, and I would agree. But the only thing I can tell you is if God called Brian Houston to build that church, Brian Houston's the one that'll build that church. That's exactly right. I'm sorry. That's just the way you could say it. Well, the, Israel could have done without David. Well, pray tell. Why did God keep David in there? That's right. It's because That's God right. had made David a promise. That's right. It's called the divinic covenant. And God didn't keep him in there because of David. He kept him in there because of God. And I also just want to remind everybody that David, when he confessed his sin with Bathsheba, he said this. 
Lord, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. And I want to tell you something. We've got this process wrong where people want to, they want to see someone pay for their sin. People try to pay for their sin and they want others to pay for their sin as well in the eyes of the world, in the eyes of the public. It's not about covering something up. It's about bringing people to Jesus. It's about bringing people into full restoration because the Bible doesn't speak of partial restoration. There is nothing in Scripture that even alludes to partial restoration. When God does something, He does it completely. He doesn't do it partially. And so I just firmly believe that this process is setting a precedent. And the coming story, I honestly believe this, Alan, what we're going to see in the coming days is a satanic strategy released against the church because he's been so successful with it in the past. And I fear he's going to be successful with it again in this case. And it's going to set a precedent that's going to completely distract the church from what's really going on in the world. And that's the spirit of the Antichrist that's looming all through the governments of the world. And it's laying way for the coming of this person of the Antichrist. Everything we're seeing, we're seeing done in the spirit of the Antichrist. I'm not seeing things done as being reflective of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we need to be praying. And especially when you find articles that is framed the way this guy frames this article, he's basically saying that uh, we're not holding people responsible. We're not holding people accountable. And the only way to do that is to silence them forever and don't believe their confession before the Lord and don't yeah. believe their transformation. Well, if you can't believe someone's transformation, then you how do you trust your own transformation? It's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. Well, and, we're all and, living, trying to live up to somebody that we're not. That's right. But we're trying to live unto whom we're hopefully going to be. That's and, right. And in that, it's like by riding a bicycle. For the most part, we do pretty good, but every now and then we wreck. And the question oh, is, was, is the yeah, rest boy. of the church going to pick each other up? and uh, help dust each other off and say, let's get back on that bicycle. That's right. And ride. The only thing I can say is we talked about this other day. They ain't nothing that nobody can say about me, but what ain't true. (laughs) And can I tell you that I'm not going to live under the condemnation of that because Jesus has set me free and neither will I be silenced nor allow anyone else to silence me. I'll speak Mm -hmm. in some way, in some capacity, as God gives me air to breathe. So mm-hmm. I think that the same thing needs to be true across the board. I agree. And, you know, you and I both have said, Jeff, and talking to leaders and, you know, we've been into so many of these situations and we both looked at each other. Maybe we shouldn't have said it, but we've both yeah. looked at each other and said, oh, that boy needs to fall. He needs yeah. to go ahead and get his fall out of the way. He needs to get it out of the way. So he can mature into That's the man of exactly God. exactly right. That's and exactly I, I know right. a lot of people have a lot of problem with that statement when I make it. Uh, well, I don't think I can tell you. Most of God's characters in the Bible, other than Jesus, had to go through those. They went through those failures. Of course, now we're not minimizing repentance. No, we're boy. not minimizing forgiveness. That's if right. there's been people abused in this situation, whoever's done it needs to repent. And then it's important to those that it were abused that they forgive. That's it's right. Very, very important. That's exactly And right. we've all been in situations that we've been abused in life. We have yeah. all been a victim of abuse in life. That's right. That's and right. And 
we all have to come to a point of forgiveness, lest we be destroyed. So my and your call in this and our private discussions is that the Mike Bickles, uh, these other young men that have this podcast that we've referred to, the Billy Grahams, the Rick Joyners, the everybody, what our heart, the truth is, you and I love them all. Yes. We really do love them all. And have great hope for all of them. And have great hope for everybody involved. But we're just saying, listen, Jeff Roll and Alan Smith are convinced that there's not any innocence out there. The only innocence that we carry is in Christ. And we're all trying to live up to that. And if a man stumbles and fall, and he's a true believer. Now we're talking about true believers. If a man stumbles and falls, you and I believe in picking him up and dusting him off and let's go again. That's exactly and, that, and that's right. just who we are. We can't help it. We've both fallen enough that we realize in life you need some help to get back up sometimes. Yeah, boy. I know I do. And, and until that person can get back up, the fall will take care of itself. But to get yeah. back up is a hard part. Yeah, boy. That's and right. Jeff and I are just for helping those that have fallen, if you've fallen, or if you just fall in your mind. I don't care. If your relationship yeah. is not right with Christ, it's a type of falling. You just got selfish or whatever. So that's right. My prayer is when we are compromised for the kingdom of God and the enemy has gotten in on us, we've been compromised. Yeah. yeah. My prayer is that we'll repent of our yeah. compromise and that we'll walk again, just like we're big boys. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Just like Absolutely. we're big boys. Now we might lamp a little, but, but yeah. still we're going to walk like we're big boys. That's right. All right, that's Jeff. Right. Okay. I guess we said enough today. We'll get enough email off of that, and I hope we do. We I hope it. we do too. And everybody needs to stay tuned for Sunday. We got a barn burner. We got we got a barn burner. Okay, yeah, buddy. Boy. Be careful. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Thank you for joining today's Smith and Rowland Show. You can check out our website at kingdompropheticsociety.org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrollandshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.